People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. All right, y'all. So before I meant to officially start recording this episode, I asked Sara about her name that is spelled S-A-R-A. And I loved her answer, even though I was slightly embarrassed that I should have done my homework ahead of time. Um, But I thought what she said was super important. So I wanted to include that clip before we actually got started. I was trying to figure out how to edit it and throw it in somewhere else, but I'm not going to. So here's the raw footage of us um, catching up before the episode started. Let me know what you think. If it didn't work, I had no, like, I've got nothing to offer here. So <laughs> this is a very amateur podcast. It's me in my kitchen. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, no, that's amazing. I mean, you're using a podcast software. So that's next level. <laughs> that's as legit as like, I What get. are we using again? <laughs> I remember you had said that when I saw your email after that you sent V-Day. I'm like, oh, yeah, she was saying that she has a special link. Yeah, it's like podcast, it's the best. So. it does all the work for me. And you know what? Lucky for you, it's like you don't have to put makeup on or look cute. You know, it's just us, just our audio. Well, okay. I looked cute for you. So oh, now I'm okay, kind of send me a out. selfie or like... something. You're gonna have to email me a picture of you doing this. Darn it. <laughs> okay. This is embarrassing, but we have to like I have to clear the air before we get started. When, of course, for me being from um, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I see your name and I want to say Sarah. But at the concert and when I listen to your interviews and Michael mm-hmm. speaks of you, he says, Sarah. And if I botch this, I'll be mortified. So help me out here. Yeah, it's Sarah. It's I'm okay. I'm of I'm of um, Persian ancestry. So my parents came from Iran to Canada and I was born in Canada and they wanted to give me different names. They want to give me a Persian name. And beautiful. Um, I just was like, I can't. But, <laughs> but the reason, but the reason why they gave me the name Sara, which is like a universal name across many cultures, is because it could also be pronounced Sarah. Because first they wanted to give me the name Negar, which is a beautiful Persian name that means sight. And then they they were just like two years into Canada, and the friends they had here were like, no, don't don't give her that name. She's gonna get teased. They were like, okay, well then let's give her an English name because it'll provide her more opportunity. Oh. And um, this was in 84, 1984. And so then they were going to name me Helen. And then their friends were said, well, no, don't name her Helen because that's like an old lady name right now. <laughs> so, then, so then they were like, okay, we'll name her Sarah so that it could be Sarah so that she doesn't get teased in school. And they had to, they had to think about these. There things. is a lot going as on here. A, yeah. As, as you know, as like, um, refugees who have come to Canada and like, they had to fight their own fight. They had to think about those things right. for their we kids. Want traditional. We want it with so, meaning for our, yes, our culture. And then we want you to blend like all the things. Yes. Yeah. So my brother's name is Nima, which is a Farsi name, but they gave him the middle name Michael so that he could put Michael on anything. I mean, yeah. it's really a really, it's not, it's less about blending and more about uh, avoiding discrimination. Isn't that sad? It's a little wow. bit sad. Around that. So but I feel like a time where I can give Taj the name Taj and, and it's, you awesome. know, we live in a yes. <laughs> and, and, and now we have it's a different time where like we can, you know, we can stand up for ourselves with less fear around it. So that's cool. 
Well, I feel like I might have to ask you this again once we get started, or I'll just go throw this clip in there later because that's a great story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. And now <laughs> all, all my anxiety, that was my only thing that was making me nervous about today. I'm like, if I just like F up that name at the beginning of this thing. No, you got it. Oh, right. gosh. That's- it's beautiful. I love that. All right. Um, um, are you ready? We'll just get started. We'll I'm do ready. This. Okay. Everybody, welcome back to Bright Minds with Ash Mon. I am Ashley Bright, and I am so excited today. I have Sara Fronti with me. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you for doing this. And guys, Bright, um, before we started this, we talked about where her name stemmed from, and I'm going to throw this clip in at the end, it's, so it's going to be a little awkward and choppy, but it was such a great story that um, you guys all have to hear it. Okay, so... I have to like, I have to brag about myself for a minute so I can like transition. So I am having the year of concert live music, Ashley Bright. Like I live for live music and 2023 has treated me so well. Like I saw Taylor Swift in concert in Nashville. I saw Dave Matthews band in the pit for two nights. I saw Tyler Childers and I went to my first Michael Franti concert. And I, that I just have to tell you how much I love my music, live music and how many shows I've been to to just like start to like form my opinion on the show that I went to. It was life changing. And I think when I emailed you, I was like, I'm going to get my thoughts together on how I felt about the show. And I still don't think that I've done that. Sarah. like, it was so amazing. I can't believe that was your first show. That's, I can't that believe is that amazing. either. <laughs> and you guys, he's been to Wilmington countless times. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how I haven't been there, but I... Oh, so I'd heard so much about it, right? I've heard that it's different than every other show and the way he connects with us. I've heard all these things. And so, you know, sometimes when somebody builds something up so much that you feel disappointed, maybe. And this was not that. This did not disappoint. The way he engages with the audience. It was the first time we had brought our whole family, the four of us went to a show, which is something in itself, right? My kids are nine and seven and being able to bring them to a concert, I mean, I could go on and on, but it was just phenomenal. So I had to get that out of the way first. Like it was really one of the best experiences. And I felt like I have all these things to compare it to. And it just, oh, it just was right up there with one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was amazing. So I was sitting. Thank you. Yes, me too. I was sitting next to like a super fan, right? She's one of those that have been to every show he's been to in Wilmington. And she pointed you out to me. She was like, oh my gosh that's his wife. And she's, you know, I've seen him. I don't even remember what she said, like 14 times and I've never seen her at a show. And so we had to march down and come introduce ourselves to you. And so are you just like exuded this like energy that I was so drawn to? Like you were so gracious and kind and the kids like gave you a hug. We took a picture. You were so amazing. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Oh gosh. And if you would have known what I'd come from to get to that, <laughs> because what what Ashley is speaking to is uh we did a yoga event pre-concert and it was like super hot. And I was on tour with my son, who at the time was almost he was almost five, he's four. And we were like, let's go on a bike ride around the little like lake and go find the alligators. And like we go with Michael pre-yoga. We're like, okay, we have time to get on some paddle boats. And we get out in the paddle boat and it's like so hot. I mean, North Carolina in July. <laughs> yeah. And we, run, and we run out of time. And Michael's like, look, I'm going to jump on the bike and ride back as fast as I can. And you guys just like 
take your time with Taj because he had training wheels on his bike. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right. So I like get maybe like 10 meters into the ride back and he just starts like losing it because it's, you know, he's only four sure. long. And he's like, I don't want to bike anymore. I don't want to go. Girl, we have all <laughs> been so, there. That is relatable. <laughs> so during this show, I was like trying to get like electrolytes in him. I'm trying to rehydrate myself. Daddy, oh my so I'm gosh. so happy to hear that. Um, Despite you know, all that, I was still able to put off some of that positive good vibe. <laughs> you hit it well. You were like perfection up there. Have you always though just been just kind and outgoing and a positive person? Or, is, you know, is this something you grew into? Have you always been like that? You know, it's something that my family, it's like a part of our family values. I grew up, um, and we think of, I think about that a lot actually these days. Like why, like, why is my perspective the way that it is? And it's because of my family. And my parents taught us, I've, we were three kids. I have an older sister and a younger brother. They taught us that the purpose of life is to, is to like give back, is to give back. And, the, and that's why we, that's like part, one of the purposes of our existence. And no matter what your abundance is, it doesn't matter unless you're able to like serve others, whatever that's supposed to look like. And so one of my earliest memories is that my dad took a beautiful picture of a rose and made a bookmark and they put a Baha'i quote that says plant not but the rose of love in the garden of thy heart and my mom made tassels and we made these bookmarks and we went and like dropped them off at our neighbor's houses you know so that's the that's the stuff that that I was raised on and so and it's interesting because here now at Soulshine we have a resort here in Bali we have 146 staff and there's different clubs here at Soulshine they'll have a badminton club a Zumba club all for the staff and there's also a scooter club, like a riding club. <laughs> and it's called Ride Share Joy. And it's Ooh. about like riding together. It's about having fun together, but it's also about serving together. And so what they did is they identified two families in a village about an hour away who needed some support. Um, one of them was a gentleman who uh, was like had to fight off had to fight polio as a child and is now has decreased mobility in a wheelchair. And and they ha- they're like living in a very small home, very far off the main road. And his parents passed away and everything's very communal living. So he's almost like abandoned. He's an adult, but he needs wow. support. Yes. And so our team pooled their own money. Soulshine has its own community service reserve fund that, that I can speak to after. But they yes, I can't wait to talk about money this. for this. Yeah, they oh pulled their own money. They went and bought a new mattress, blankets, rice cooker. They went, we all went to his house and then me and Michael and Todd joined. They cleaned Ugh. out his house, cleaned out his bed, like replaced everything, made his home really like, comfortable. Oh, this is giving me Got chills. him new crutches. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Ugh. that morning, my Taj, who's now five, goes, mom, why, why are we going to go do this? Like, why are we like, and he was like, I want to go fly a kite. Like, why do we have to go <laughs> see this guy and help this guy? Because I told him about his story. And I said, because Taj, no matter how much abundance comes your way, the most important thing is to serve others, is to support others, help others. Ugh. And that in yes. turn will like fulfill you more. And it's like, and he was just like, okay. And and you could tell that when we went to this person's home, like he felt dis-ease because he could see that this person was living a hard life, like a more challenging. And you could tell like he was a little bit scared, like sure. you now he's like five, but I think it's really important to expose our kids to that for them to see that. Well, right. Doesn't it make him like, appreciate whether I know he's only five, but I think that's when it starts to click and realize what he has and how other people live. And 
And you know what I think is amazing what yeah, you're about? Been- yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, the way you were brought up too and what you're doing for Taj, I always wonder, right? If I'm doing, I think being a parent is the hardest thing because I'm like, there's no scale. Somebody tell me if I'm doing it well or, how, you know, I'm like, I don't know. But I feel like if yeah. you're leading by example, what a powerful way to raise your child and the way your parents raised you, right? They were doing it by example. They weren't just telling you, hey, give back, give back. They were showing you what that looked like. Well, and that's exactly it. Because in this moment in time, I mean, there's terrible things happening in the world all over. And in this moment in time, there's there's something acute happening in the world. And, and people are going crazy on their social media, reposting different memes, whether they're accurate or not, whether it's misinformation or accurate information. But for me and what me and Michael, we have a lot of hard conversations about stuff like that. Like, what, how are we going to show up? What I told Michael a few days ago was, look, I've been living with oppression, like being exposed to government oppression. Like I was raised as a Baha'i from Iran. They were killing people that were Baha'i. Like, and so I'm like, but the biggest thing that my parents taught me was to lead by example. And so what that means, like what's the most, like the most important thing for me is not to make a big statement necessarily on social media. The most important thing is for me to be a good person to the people close to Fiona and have one-on-one conversations with people because I believe that that makes the biggest impact and what you just said leading by example is the greatest impact that we can make absolutely that's and I do think right and especially in today's climate like you just spoke to I mean yeah anybody can get and type something and put a little blurb on social media but actually having a conversation I just I don't know I feel like that's so much more impactful and just leading by example and being a good person that's awesome I love that Mm -hmm. and that's so funny like I I want to talk about you Michael meeting and I guess how, you know, I just, I, I guess that's kind of how you guys clicked, right? Like everything he said, right? With his mm-hmm. music he was making. It's 100, yeah, it's 100, per, it's 100% why we clicked on a human level. It's because, I mean, I, I mean, I met Michael at a show. I met him at a festival. in the audience. I didn't know his music. My girlfriend was a fan. But the reason why Michael and I were able to, Michael's actually going to hear me. He's walking in here now. <laughs> I, I was just asking why we clicked. The reason, why, <laughs> yeah, the reason why we clicked is because Michael was also raised with this belief and values of altruism. That there, that the, it's important to have in your life. And, and we, we understand that we need to give back and do our best to make the world a better place. And Michael does it through his music. He does it through his relationships that he has. Yeah. I was working as a nurse at the time. And, you know, when we first got to know each other, we would, you know, he'd come off stage after a show and it'd be two in the morning or three in the morning. I'd be coming off an evening shift or a night oh shift. Gosh. And we would ask each other the question, like, who did you make feel significant today? Because as a nurse, you know, when you work in the emergency room, yes. everyone's in the bed, everyone's wearing the same hospital gown. It doesn't matter if they're a billionaire, the CEO of a different co- of a company, if they're a teacher or if they're an unhoused resident, they all will receive the same level of care and dignity and respect. I was working I, in Canada. And so I there's a universal health system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered what you did. And that makes so much sense. I feel I, I don't really know you. But from what I've known, and I was listening to other interviews with you guys, that fits. I love that you were a nurse. But can we just talk yeah. about how, how like, what a compliment that of all the shows he's done, and he sees you at a festival and is like, that girl's a smoke show. Like, <laughs> I yeah. want to meet that girl. Like, that's so flattering. I love it. And so what, if you, what, what he started, said. yes, it's maybe something super, not superficial, but right. It just was like, oh, sh- I'm very attracted to her. And then to talk to you and meet you and realize how much of a connection you guys had on so many really deep, powerful levels, you know? 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like amazing. really, it's, um, do you, think you know, about I mean, like... it's not, I mean, Michael's not the first artist to meet his partner at a show. I mean, if you, <laughs> I didn't know that. Tell me more. <laughs> I didn't actually, think this was going to well, happen to well, me. I was like... gonna say, I mean, I mean, it could, I could, there's a lot of artists who will meet their partners at shows because that's all they do. So it's like, where else are you going to meet somebody? <laughs> I used to but dream like, about like me, like Dave Matthews making eye contact with me when I was like 18 years old. Like <laughs> it never happened to me. All right. Never happened. <laughs> Just kidding. He was married. I'm totally joking. <laughs> that's amazing do you ever think about that I'm not like a big you know what if what if because this is the way your life was meant to be but like if you didn't go to the show that night or what like would you still be a nurse where would you be like do you ever think about those things yeah I do think about those things and sometimes we'll joke around me and Michael and talk about those things but you know if I never met Michael I would probably be in the healthcare system still and I'd probably be somewhere in policy. I'd probably yes, be somewhere administration gosh. and I would also be really happy and it would just be Absolutely. a different kind of giving back and service and you know yes. he says he says <laughs> but you wouldn't be laughing as much oh I love that this is true I wouldn't be laughing as much but um I love you that know, you're sitting there because I'm about to ask different. you funny questions about um about being with a musician can we just get a little off like we're going to get back on to the to your resort in Bali and I want to talk a little bit about your nonprofit, but what's it like being with a musician? I mean, your dating days, like how difficult was that? Like, give me a little like tea here. Was that wild to you? Well, we didn't date for very long in the sense of like dating because we were friends for a long time. And then when we actually got into a relationship, we knew we wanted to get married right away because we knew each other. So it took a long time for us to actually get married. But there was never any of this like coy, like let's go out for dinner and <laughs> let's go to the movies and get one. a popcorn. <laughs> I, I think he took me. I mean, we did a lot of movie watching, but we were already all in then. We were bringing like quilts <laughs> and getting out of and like hanging out. But yeah. we did go to one, I would say we went on one official date and I went to, we saw Katy Perry together. Oh, that's and, amazing. Uh, and that was really fun in Oakland. And I think that was maybe like, I would say like that was our one date where it was like you know he took me out and <laughs> so so he meets you at this show and then you like you give him your number and then you just like start chatting and just become friends that way but he was on the road yeah, so we, okay he's on the road we're just texting skyping but i do want to say you asked me what it's like to be with a with a musician well i would call i call michael a visionary oh. and he i get to i get to pump his tires here <laughs> you know it's like it's really, I feel like Michael and I are such a great compliment to each other because he's such an incredible visionary and I'm a great executor. And so, yes. you know, whenever Michael goes, Hey, I have a crazy idea. Like I listen and I tell everybody on our team, I'm like, you need to listen because 99% of that time, that crazy idea is like the best idea that none of us could have ever imagined or fathomed. And so I just like, I love that. Like, I Sarah, love I love that you just said that, you know, everyone, right. We always say there's a yang and a yang. And, and I feel like yeah. a lot of times we're joking about superficial things or still, you know, like somebody's a night out and somebody's a morning, but that is what a way to connect or have two different things that are so perfect in harmony together, right? The, the visionary and the executor. I'm a doer myself. And I love that. What a great place to be in a relationship to have those balances. That's really fun. Okay, so whose idea was it? How did Do It For The Love get started? And can you share what that's all about? Because I am just obsessed with this mission and what yeah. you guys are doing. I love it. Thank you. Thanks. Well, it's a great thing. Today, this is our 10th year. So we're celebrating a decade of Do It For Man. The Love, which is really incredible. 
you know, Michael and I always wanted to do something together. Um, as I said before, you know, giving back was a huge part of, of what we wanted to do. And we never envisioned having doing business together, but we thought in relationship, we would do something philanthropic together. Sure. So that was always on our radar. And we met this couple, Hope and Steve December, at a show in Florida. And Steve at the time was living with ALS. And um, they were tweeting at, at uh, Michael. They had a Twitter handle called Hope for Steve and a Facebook page. And Michael was like, hey, you see me retweeting these like tweets? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to work. They're going to be at the show tomorrow. Wani, he's like, we're going to meet them. So of course, me being a nurse, I was like, I want to know what their story is. I went on their website and you got to see that they got married. And at their wedding, they shared their vows together. And Steve at the time was able to walk at his wedding. And then when we met him, Steve was now in a wheelchair and only able to we were only able to read his lips. Like he could speak in small whispers. Um, and this was before the ice bucket challenge. So nobody really knew what ALS was. It didn't have right. that same exposure. And so it was uh, Michael's birthday that day. And they were there and we we're like, why don't you guys come to the side of the stage and watch the show from the side of the stage. And uh, Michael played the song life is better with you, which he wrote for me. And, <gasps> and he invited them out on stage and it was just really beautiful. And like hope picked him up out of his chair and they had this dance on stage and, you know, Michael's crying and I'm crying. I'm literally, I think I'm going to be crying now. <laughs> you know, 20,000 people in the audience are crying. And it was a really powerful moment because in that moment, Steve was seen as Steve and not just the guy in the wheelchair. And that's Absolutely. always been really important to me in particular working in the healthcare field and living and, you know, with people who are living with different diseases and illnesses and conditions. So we went back, we went home that night and we were like, oh my God, we could do this for thousands of people. And so that's when we started to do it for the love. And so our mission is to send adults and children who are living in end stages of life-threatening illness, children and uh, with special needs and severe challenges and wounded veterans to live concerts, including PTSD. Um, and so, so we've, um, we've touched over 12,000 people. We turned 10 uh, years old and uh, we have a big fundraising gala happening in San Francisco the first week of November. And we're just I really excited it. about it. So this is another thing. Okay, so what a what a brilliant, amazing idea. Because again, I'm such a fan of live music, and I feel changed by it. I mean, there's there's nothing that compares to that for me, and I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. other people. So you have this idea, and then how do you make it happen? Like, where did you go from there? Like, that's I I just think it's so amazing to not just. Ha- I think a lot of people can talk a big game, but you guys did it and and watch it. I think at the time I saw an interview of you sharing the story, and you had had. I can't remember the time, like 300 shows you've done. And now it's like 1200 yeah. lives. You, ch- you know, just mm-hmm. how fast it's grown. Like, that's so incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is, um, the first thing is that music is so universal and music is such a connector. And so it doesn't matter, for Absolutely. example, like where you stand on the political spectrum or what your different beliefs are. It's that when you go to a show, and this is why I'm sure you love live music so much. It's like, go to a Dave Matthews show and there's, a stadium full of people. But when that one song comes on, you guys are all singing the same words. You all feel like your best friends and you're all connected. But inside that song might mean something different to you than the person next to you. But you're all like singing at the top of your lungs, dancing and having this beautiful release. And I think that's one of the reasons why Dupla has been able to be so successful is that people just resonate with how music can provide so much hope and healing to people. And by healing, I just mean like resiliency. You know, right. music doesn't yeah. necessarily cure, like, you know, the disease, you know, cancer, but it's going to provide you the hope and healing that you need for your, with your family and to be on the journey and to feel like you're living life to its fullest. And 
Um, I love what you said yeah. about it not like defining you because I do think when you have a chronic illness and something so severe like that can become what you know how you think people identify you right so like that was Steve with ALS or this you know that's so and so that has breast and like it for that moment it's like all that is gone and they're just there and they're in the moment and what you know experiencing it with their significant other or someone in their family like that's just really really amazing absolutely love it yeah yeah. So when, okay, tell me about Bali, which by the way, guys, it is 11 p.m. in Wilmington, North Carolina, which, um, sorry, this is wild for me. And I'm not even tired. I'm so jazzed up, but normally I would be like fast asleep right now. So <laughs> like, we are literally across the, like the world from each other, which is amazing. Yeah. I, oh, and I want to get there one day. It's on the bucket list. It's on the bucket list. So how did this dream come to be? Because I, yeah, let me, let me hear all the things about it. Well, um, so Michael came to Bali in 2006 and fell in love with the island of Bali. It's an, it's an island in the country of Indonesia. And the people here joke and say that this island is more famous than the country that it belongs to. And so he just <laughs> fell in love with the culture of Bali, which is a Hindu Dharma um, religion and culture. And the tradition is so alive here. It's not something that you talk of a past tense. It's happening yeah. in real time here. And he was like, I want to build a warm weather compound. And then he quickly realized that, you know, he just wouldn't spend much time here. And he was able to be in places that where there was such great community. And he was like, I want to build a place that can provide that same kind of community where people can come together and find inspiration. And so SoulShine opened in 2010 as a retreat, like a retreat space. I don't okay. like the word center because it sounds so clinical, but people would come and be able to host their own retreats. And they, it was 16 rooms and it was very boutique. And so we would come and host our own retreats as well called Floor Rocker Retreats. And then we were here in 2020, of February 2020, when the pandemic hit, hosting mm -hmm. a Floor Rocker Retreat. We were one of the last retreats here before the border closed. And Michael and I decided to stay. And we just put oh a pause gosh. on everything, trying to figure out how we're going to survive the pandemic with all of our team in America on payroll in here. And then what we realized like six months in was that Wellness is not, do I fit in those jeans or am I eating my one organic salad? Wellness is asking your question of, am I happy? And that's the hardest question you can actually ask yourself because if you have to listen to the voice that wakes you up at two in the morning to know what the real answer is, and you may not like the answer because the answer might be no. It may be that I don't like who I live with or what I do or where I live or how I live. And then it's very loaded. It can change. It's very yeah. loaded. And it's, and it's also like, well, what are you going to do about it? And that's a lot. That's a lot of the reasons why we don't do a lot of introspection, because once we know it's really hard to carry that responsibility of well, what am I going to do about it? And then you just live with a lot of guilt and shame around it, you know? Sure. And so for us, it's like we wanted to create a place where you can come and have that introspection, but also have fun and feel joy and know that this journey of wellness and finding yourself is something that should be fun and there needs to be play. And so um, we we doubled the size of the resort. We opened 17 more rooms, oh my God. luxury rooms. We added two more pools. We have a spa now. We have two restaurants. And um, we are now Soulshine Sound and Wellness Resort. And you can come here and host a retreat still. We have a lot of people coming and hosting retreats. All kinds well, of retreats, not does their own. Is it like corporate retreats or like what other people are... It's everything. It's, oh, that's it's everything. It's everything. Okay. It's the traditional yoga retreat, which is known to the island of Bali. But then it's like dance retreats, writers retreats. It's also just group travel. 
Like it's like, yeah. hey, I'm an influencer and I want to bring five people to Bali with me and just adventure. Or I'm a mindfulness coach and I'm just going to bring some women to Bali with me and have a good time or a group to Bali. Um, and so we Amazing. host all kinds of retreats here. And then we create our own retreats called Retreats by Soulshine. And so, for example, we're bringing Krishna Das out here uh, in November and he's hosting a seven day retreat. Michael hosts retreat. We're bringing Amanda Haas, who's an incredible celebrity chef. Um, to do a retreat. She has a book, cookbook called The Vibrant Life and talks about clean eating, but also how it can feel like very comforting still. So oh, we do I a lot it. of, uh, with, we partner with people who are like-minded with us. Like sure. we don't think that you have to have quiet to be wellness. We have DJs by the pool. And it's not a silent retreat. Great, <laughs> no, and you can still have a great cocktail. So if you want to drink alcohol, you absolutely can. We have incredible cocktails here with herbs made from our, grown from our garden. And if you're choosing to not drink alcohol, we have a mocktail list that's just as good as our cocktail list. So you still feel like, you know, you're not having to sacrifice any sort of lifestyle changes you're making right now. And then our food menu is 100% healthy 90% of the time. So if you want to have, you know, we're, it's, we're doing um, something really fun right now where the cooks in the kitchen were challenged this week to create their own vegan dish. And we're not vegan. We have, we have all kinds sure. of food options here and fish and meat, but just for fun. And so they got to play around with it. And it was just like really fun to like try their different dishes. And so it's like, you can eat really clean here if you want, or you could have a cheese pizza if you want to, or a pepperoni pizza. And so, you know, it's, it's like, we're really proud of what we've created here. Because it's, really, yeah. it's really inclusive. And that's what we're trying to create. Okay. So I am not, I'm not making this up. I swear about six months ago, which is pro- like right before I even like went to this concert, knew about you guys, knew about your retreat. I was in the thick of it, right? The spring, like the sports are going crazy. The end of the school year stuff. And I was like, I freaking, I need, I need a break. Like I wanted it. Like, I'm like, I want a wellness retreat where I can like, you know, decompress, do some yoga, but I also want a glass of wine at dinner. Like, does that exist? Like where you can have that balance. Mm. And apparently yeah, it, it does. does. It's called soul shine. Like, yeah. That sounds amazing. I am getting all excited over here. Like that really, I can't imagine everything you just said. I can't imagine a better experience. Like that is everything that you need. How wonderful. So how often are you there? Like, how are you living? Like, do you live part of your life there? Part of your life here? Like, how is that working for you? Well, it's a good question because gosh, these last four years are just so unpredictable, you know? Sure. So we we were here full time. We were not here at all. We were not living here pre-COVID, pre-2020. We were here for two years, like essentially full time. Um, and so now I think what our flow is like, this is home. Paj goes to school here. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Now then, he's getting older with the school. And ha- yeah, how do you figure all that out? Yeah, I mean, Bali is incredible. There's incredible schools here. Incredible international. Is he in kindergarten? School. He is in kindergarten. Yeah. Okay. He's in, and school because they have like kindergarten level one, kindergarten level two, and then grade one, which I love. Because yes. uh, I don't know. I can't remember if it's like the outliers or if it's called the tipping point. But Malcolm Gladwell was like talking about how if you hold your kid back a little bit then they'll like do better in school because they're more emotionally developed. And so I just like love that he'll be seven when he's in seventh grade, <laughs> but he'll be like the tallest seven year old in the whole class. Um, he, so I have a picture that I will post when I put this up Taj and my daughter, Lucy, and they're two years apart and they are the exact same size. And it was amazing. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I'm five, three, my husband's like five, eight, like, sorry, kids, this is what you're getting. <laughs> Okay. So you're living most of the time there. And then is he just like a pro traveler at this point? Like how often do you get on the road with Michael? Like, how does that work? He is a pro traveler. 
He's a pro traveler. He like loved being on the tour bus this summer. I mean, I had oh. Taz on a tour bus at five weeks old, but he loves to know fly. No different. <laughs> he knows exactly how to get through security and um, he's done it all. You know, I even took him on a road trip this summer, me and him just driving um, through Canada a little bit to see some friends and he's super resilient kid. It's, um, it's really but isn't that cool. I feel like because yeah. you exposed him to so many things, which is so important, which is also what, of course, and one of the God, I, I don't even know the laundry list things of worries during COVID, but our kids having no experience to things and being, you know, but it's fine. It's so I feel like they have been so resilient and bounced back. And I don't know, maybe I'll realize things one day. But so far, I'm like, okay, you guys are doing all right after having been at home for all this many years and get, going to school at the house and all the things. How old was Taj yeah. then when you guys were living in Bali after right when COVID happened? Let me give some math. A year and a half. Ooh, a year and a half. That was crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, but you know what? I always wanted him to have a second language. Like I'm trilingual. I speak French, Farsi, and English. Oh and I was gosh. like, I want to have a second language. Well, he's also trilingual now and he speaks English, Indonesian, and Balinese, which is completely different. So he speaks three languages too now. So it's like, so well, is that, I mean, I get him living in Bali, but did you do that? Is that your, like, did you just start, hey, this is the way we're going to no, How did you do that? that. No, I'm trying to learn Bahasa so that he can't talk behind my back and I can learn. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he hangs out with like the local Indonesian kids here. He hangs out with our nanny's kids, their best friends. He's been begging me for a sleepover with them for them to come sleep over. They came and all Love played it. yesterday. So they speak Bahasa and Balinese. And so he learned, he learned, and he, he like 100% is like, Balinese like he loves Balinese culture and so cool like I'm I'm yeah, so impressed no you know so it's great so this is like cheesy question but do you got can you like live your normal life there like can you go to the grocery store can you go or does everyone like know who you are and what you're doing are you are people leave you be there or leave you be that made no sense do people leave you be that <laughs> yeah no it's great it's, we have a great community here and um it's just, it's really, it's been really fun. And people who live here are like, you know, they all like, I've never worked so hard in my life. Like I've worked harder trying to, you know, rebuild soul shine yeah. than I ever have. But also the people that I know here also are living here because they're looking for, they want like more spontaneity and joy and play in their life. Sure. And so it's just really fun to be around that. But, you know, now that the borders are all open, everybody's in their big hustle and grind. And I think people can feel that everywhere all over the world. Yes. yes. Do you know whenever you guys were in Wilmington and you do the yoga, um, the uh, like yoga classes before the concert and you guys are just out and about in the town. I think that's so like, I love it. First of all, you're getting to see the world, right? Like every city you're doing these things. But I also feel like it was, I'm like, is this really brave of them? Are they getting... I don't know. You guys handled it so well. Like I came right up to you and I talked to you and I asked you to be on my podcast. Like, does that happen to you all the time when you're out and about in the States? Um, yeah. I mean, it's really fun to meet people who let's say like follow me on Instagram and interact with me on Instagram. Yeah. And I have a lot of gratitude around it because it's these interactions that just keep me also inspired. Do you ever have a day though where you're like, oh gosh, like I just want to put a hoodie in some shades. You know on. what? <laughs> To be honest, to be honest, no, because oh, I love that. Because you know, I think like the in our community, everyone's really respectful, and so it never feels intrusive. It also feels it just feels really sweet. That's amazing. I and you would hope people would do that, right? Like that's just the way to be. Like that's great. I love it, and I guess you did right. Yeah, you realize you're making an impact, and 
do you ever like stop? Do you ever like, like sit down and have a glass of wine and stop and think about how many lives you've impacted or the things you're doing? I mean, it's like, it's so incredible, Sarah. Like that, I just, I don't know, it gives me chills. Do you guys reflect on that sometimes? I think, um, you know, we have some people staying here actually who were just talking to that about Michael. And I think, I think it just, again, it's like we just fall back into a gratitude practice around it. Like we feel really privileged that, for example, you know, we've, we've created a space where people can come to and find themselves again. Um, and I think, you know, you just, you just got to keep doing what fuels your passion and just yeah. be happy that there's this ripple effect on it, like whatever that looks like. So we just that. feel really, we feel very grateful that we can do that. So I will wrap this up soon, but one thing I'm always really interested in too, and I've asked this a few guests on my show and I'm curious what yours is, but what, and what do you do for you? Like, how do you keep your mind right when the world is, you know, so crazy and it can seem, especially, oh my goodness, like current day, you know, there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, I don't know, what do you do for you? How do you keep your Mm -hmm. your headspace in the right place? Mm -hmm. I focus on my family. I focus on my family. I focus on like, what can I do? for my family, you know, and what can I do for the people that I interact with every day? And what can I do for the people that work on our team? And what can I, you know, I, it's just, it's, 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 I focus on my one-on-one personal interaction and like what's happening. People are bringing up what's happening today too. And, and I'm very mindful and intentional. In an in inquisitive, with, like I want to learn way or in a, a well, just what, people express, no, no, what people are like, just people are expressing their opinions. Okay. And I, and I think something that's really important actually that I do want to share on this. And I think it's important is back in 2014, I went to South Africa and I spoke at Leah Tutu. So Desmond Tutu's birthday, uh, she turned 80 and they had a big birthday celebration in two, two locations in South Africa. And I went to Bloemfontein and I spoke at this conference they had. And then after that, I went to this um, book writing workshop. I was invited to just come sit in as a guest. And, and there was a woman who, who served on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission with Desmond Tutu in South Africa. And if you don't understand what those things are, I would go and like look that, look that up. But those were, that was a momentous thing that happened in South Africa to deal with the apartheid and everything that happened. And so, so anyway, so she was writing this book and she had invited 12 activists and um, academics to write a chapter each on initiative they're doing in that region um, of, of the continent of Africa. And there was an activist at the table and she was just really like angry. She was really angry. And every time she spoke, she was super defensive. And there was just like a lot of anger in her voice. And by the third day, the woman who was hosting it was like, look, if you want people to listen, you need to speak in a way for the people who are not already on your team who will hear you. And that means to speak with love, compassion, and empathy. And if you want to educate, you have to come from that place. And that's how I live my life. It's like, I'm not here to shove my opinion down your throat. I'm here to express and share my experience and tell you like why I feel the way I feel and just help you understand that. Because you will never know, like, 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 for example, like you, Ashley, will never know what it means to be made fun of because your name is like, like Nima, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. because your parents are of a different heritage and they came here as refugees and that's okay. 
because then now you're you have your own challenges that you have to go through in your life and i will never understand them but the biggest thing is to hold space for each other and that's the most important thing we can do and the problem with today is that we live in a culture that is so individualistic that we are not able to hold space for what anyone else is going through if it's not exactly fitting in our little box and what we believe the world should be and i would say if there's anything that i you know you're asking me like do you have a hard time when people come up to you and like ask you questions and it's like that stuff i love it come to me every day and tell me how you're doing and tell me like the, your wins and how many things but don't write me on social media and ask me why i'm not posting what you want me to post because uh, what yeah. you're doing is you're projecting what you want me to say not what you yep. actually, you don't actually want to hear what I have to say. You know what I mean? And I do write people back, by the way. <laughs> and I do share. <laughs> yes, she does. Like, <laughs> I my Instagram as this empty void where people can just shit on it, you know? Like, sure. it's like, I'm a being and I have an opinion and I live my life and I'm a mother and I'm a wife and I'm a business person and I have my own sense of responsibility. And when people write me and they're like, why aren't you calling this out? Why aren't you that? And it's like, well, first of all, do you even want to know what I have to say? It's like, you're really just projecting what you want me to be posting, but I'm, I'm going to post what I want to post and it may not reflect on your values, you know? And the ironic thing is that most people who do that, their bios will be like, peace, love, and happiness. <laughs> yes, they're practicing the opposite. It's so confusing like, to me. Like, women because, empowerment. Yeah, yeah, to like, like, this women is... empowerment coach. I just don't know. For to me, I I feel like I don't. When do we all get so extreme or so? I don't know. I really am always confused if people really believe that way. Like I feel, I'm the least judgmental person, and I'm so open to hearing. I always want to be growing and learning new things, and maybe changing my opinion based on something new I learned. And I don't understand how people became so close-minded or so extreme in one way or the other. Like that's just, I don't know. I, I was like shut down I from that. Yeah, I, well, I think it's like when your nervous system, and this is getting a little bit more technical, like clinical about it, but when you're living in fight or flight, you can't, there's no room to hold space. And that's why there's so much like, people are trying to teach this in different ways. Like some people are using ice baths, right? Like yes, the cold that's a right now. <laughs> like, like the cold, yeah, like, like, I mean, I did it this morning. Like as soon as I, I worked out and I did a cold punch and I got on this podcast. But the cold plunge teaches you to like focus on your breath, slow down, calm down, don't be reactive, stay in this place of that of hard and just be there for two minutes. You know, that's I what meditation that. teaches you. So there's different people who are like teaching it for different reasons. But what happens is as you get in this tailspin and you can't kick yourself off of it. And so you can't, in a sense, you can't blame people because they're like, their nervous systems are just vibrating at this really high level of reactivity that they just can't hold space. They can't because they're just, their body physically is not allowing them, like emotionally allowing them yeah. to just take a pause and take a deep breath. And I've been there, like I get it. And I'll like tailspin and I'm losing my mind and I'm like just talking a mile a minute to Michael about something that I'm like, okay, whoa, I gotta like, <laughs> I got to just chill out and like put this into perspective. Get your breathing like, going again. Really, know how to come. Yeah, my breathing going <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. But you know, that's you know, a good I, way I, to look at it when you know the science. Like this is a, truly somebody cannot help themselves sometimes in a moment. If you can just appreciate that, maybe it makes it a little bit uh, easier to handle. I don't know. Gosh. Yeah. People are wild. 
Well, I think that's such great perspective you just shed on on just day to day craziness because I do think it can be overwhelming. And you guys, I don't know, I just you exude this positivity. Positivity. This is what happens when I podcast at eleven fifteen at night. <laughs> I can't, really, can't get yeah. my sentences together. But I really, I think it's so important, and I just, I love following both of you on social media, and it's like the break that I need. So again, you you're you both say things, important things. But at the same time, it's like a light that I'm looking for. And those are the accounts I choose to follow for a lot of reasons. You know, it just, it makes yeah. me happy. Well, thank you. I really you. appreciate thank you guys. You. So what is next for the Ferranti family? Are you, is, is working on Bali? Is that what's going, do you have things in the pipeline? What's heading our way? Yeah, well, the near, near future is that we will be flying back to North America next week to be on Soul Shine at Sea, um, which I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but that's November um fourth to the eighth and that's a it's like an extension of what we create here at soul shine it's a wellness festival on a cruise ship that michael hosts with his music it's incredible there's just music and wellness all day which is awesome is this and then um cruise ship already sold out or can people still you know what there is 10 i heard there's 10 cabins left oh my gosh and okay <laughs> you can, yeah and you can bring your kids because they that's have a kids so cool. club and they have late night babysitting so you can bring your kids, which is so awesome because so so many times we're like, well, what are we going to do with our kids? You know, we can't yes, leave our girl. kids for that five is, days. It's not a choice yeah. for us. They're coming with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can bring, you can bring your kids and there's 10 cabins left. And then we come right back to Bali. Krishna Das is hosting a retreat here, which we're excited about. We're hosting him. And then we have a soul rocker retreat, which there's one room left on our soul rocker retreat at the end of November, November 25th. Oh for gosh. one week with me and Michael. So Michael that plays three so shows amazing. on it. And yeah, it's really fun. So, so what if people want to help? What if they want to donate to the nonprofit, get involved? What can they do? Yeah. So if you can follow Do It For The Love Org on Instagram, that's where we'll be posting any of our fundraising campaigns. There's for sure going to be a big uh, end of year fundraising drive. So follow the Instagram account. Cindy is our incredible executive director. Um, and just that, like spreading the word. And if there's anyone yes. that you know that needs live music in their lives that fits in our mission, you can go to our website, do it for the love.org. Um, Sarah, do you get a ton nominate. of requests? I'm curious about that. Do you get, I mean, are thousands we get of people? A, I mean, we get a fair number, we get a fair number of requests and we have an incredible team who will vet them and get in touch with them and talk to the families and, yeah, it's really, really great. I think and if that even that could be overwhelming. Like, how do I even pick when I just, you know, I'm sure you, yeah. everybody's well, story is so well, compelling. We have, a, we have a great board and we have clear parameters and that makes it easier. Um, and if you don't fit within our mission, they'll always refer you to another organization that does. So that's great. Oh, I love it. So do it for the love. We can follow you guys on social media. That's incredible. Like mm -hmm. that's just. Do it oh. for the love org. Do org. it for the love org on social media. Yeah. Um, Sara, thank you so much for, for doing this, for taking a few minutes out of your day. I really, really appreciate it. You guys just truly inspired me. It was like so fun meeting the both of you. I'm like a forever fan now. I'm hoping you'll be back in Wilmington. I feel like you guys always are. Is summer crazy? Is that always the tour season? Is that what life looks like in the summer? Yes. Yes. Always tour season. Summer is tour season. So a lot of people go on vacation on the summertime and that's when we get to the music work. <laughs> I feel like you're just such a good woman. You're just like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just what you signed up for, you know? 
Well, mm. yeah. And everyone's life looks different. When I worked as a nurse, I worked at a fly-in mine and you would go in up to the mine for a week and work and come back for a week. And so this is just what our flow looks like. And we yeah, love it. I really was going to let you go, but now you have to tell me what a fly is. <laughs> Again, what is that? So when I, when I graduated from nursing school, I worked for an engineering company as their wellness coordinator on their mine site. And it's a remote mine that they charter planes to fly in their employees to. And so you work one week on and one week off because okay. you fly in. And so I was like 24 and I got this great gig and I, you know, would work at when the nurses were off, I was their nurse on site and it would be, um, yeah, you'd worked one week on, you'd be up there for a week living in okay. a dorm with everyone eating in there and then you'd come home for a week. So everyone's got their flow. That's true. <laughs> you get used to it, you know, it just becomes part of yeah. life. Oh, guys, thank you for staying tuned. Please go follow Sarah on Instagram. It's just Sarah Franti, right? You were easy to find. I found you. <laughs> please do please do and you guys continue to follow me i'm on spotify and apple at bright minds with ashmon give me a few stars i would really appreciate it and yes reach out to her follow them and i don't know i'm gonna get some friends and see who wants to go to bali with me because it sounds like a dream come true. And I feel like I manifested it. I'm like, I, I was like telling my girlfriend, Christy, like these things I wanted out of a retreat and it's everything that you guys have to offer. So this is, this has got to happen Thank in my future. <laughs> I'm turning I'll 40 in about a year. So I'm feeling like maybe that's a perfect 40th. What do you think? I don't there know. you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, thank you again. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You're Sarah. welcome. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay.